a new way of life, Ephesians 4, 25 to 28. What this adds up to then is this, no more lies, no more pretension. Tell your neighbor the truth. In Christ's body, we're all connected to each other after all. When you lie to others, you end up lying to yourself. Go ahead and be angry. You do well to be angry, but don't use your anger to fuel for revenge. And don't stay angry. Don't go to bed angry. Don't give the devil that kind of a foothold in your life. Did you used to make ends meet by stealing? Well, no more. Get an honest job so that you can help others who can't work or who need help. Please have a seat. Last week we began uh, to explore what it means to have a God-fashioned life. That's what this new way of life is. And uh, what Paul is teaching us, and ultimately the Holy Spirit is trying to do within us, is, is we, we want to see God fashion a life from the inside. It's, it's called a renewed life or a life renewed that starts from the inside and it works itself out into our conduct. And so what's happening is that God is accurately reproducing His character in us. And what I would contrast that with is that I, I would not accurately reproduce God's character in me. And, and you wouldn't actually accurately reproduce God's character in me. We might think we're doing good and trying to help each other. We might really be well-intentioned in that, but the truth is only God can accurately reproduce His character within us, and then that works its way out to the outside. And so that, that's, we want to be in that process, because once we started following Jesus, like Adam said, you know, 21 years ago we started following Jesus, and what Jesus was doing at that point to now, He's introducing Him, this is a new way of life. And so Adam, I'm going to start from the interior of who you are, and I'm going to begin to fashion your life. And I'm going to do that over all of life, and I'm going, to do, I'm going to accurately reproduce myself in you so that each one of us that's following Jesus, we become more and more like Jesus as we allow God to work from the inside out. And so it kind of looked, if you remember from last week, at the core is life is being renewed from the inside we're not interested in starting from the outside and just behavior modification or doing what we think we should do or that's, that's the right thing to do. We, should, we want it from the inside out. And we want God, I mean God the Holy Spirit who indwells us, we want God the Holy Spirit accurately reproducing the character of Jesus. If you want to just start with the, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, let's, let's just there. God, I'm not patient. So would you accurately reproduce patience within me and then that will begin to work its way to our conduct and then once we exhibit in our conduct, behavior, patience, then our impatience goes and in its place is patience. That's the way I would understand how we change. It's totally dependent upon the ministry of the Holy Spirit within us. And the only part that we can play in that is we can invite the Holy Spirit to, to really give us an accurate understanding of who we are. I, I always have a tendency to think that I'm better than I am. 
But also, I have a tendency to think that I'm worse than I am. We, we, we tend to exaggerate whether we're better or whether we're worse. So we need to ask the Holy Spirit, please give me an honest estimation of who I am from the interior, and then the things that I'm really unhappy about, I'm really unhappy about, I'm just not, I just don't love certain people. And that just disturbs me. I get the, the people that I'm rude to, that really, I, I, I know Jesus loves them, but I don't. So being honest and then asking, Holy Spirit, reproduce the character of love within me and then allow that over time to work itself out into our conduct. So today, uh, this, this well-fashioned, God-fashioned, renewed life is going to hit on three areas uh, of renewal. One is telling the truth, and that's what we'll start with. And then we'll go into... Uh, what would be righteous indignation, how, how we can be, be angry but not sin. And then the last one would be, you know, just an honest day's work, you know, how, how we get to work. So in this life, this new life, we do want to, we want to be people that tell the truth. And so Paul says what's got to go is, is no more lying, no more pretense. Uh, pseudos is the Greek word, if that helps you, you know, that might ring a bell. Uh, you've heard that in, attached to some words. And, in, and I'm not really that concerned about just bald-faced lies. I don't think uh, of those that I know well, of course, our, our new visitors, I don't know you so well, so you could be the ones among us that just can look me straight in the eye and just lie. I don't think so, but... But, but what I, I think that maybe the thing that I grow insensitive to uh, is, is pretension. I pretend to be something that I'm not. And, and in my life in the church, I think we play that game quite a bit. Now, Paul is helping us, you know, I want you to tell the truth to your neighbor. Well, I, just think about who are your neighbors. I mean, literally, who are the people that are living on your block? My block, uh, there, there, there is another house being remodeled on my, on my street, and my street is like becoming Mansion Row. I mean, like the houses on my street, if you've not driven down my, I mean, it's like $500,000 houses are being built on my street. I don't live in a $500,000 house. And people are driving Mercedes and they're driving Lexuses. And so I'm beginning to wonder, wow. I wonder if I should begin to like keep up with my neighbors, you know, so maybe I should do another remodeling project and maybe we should have a pool in the backyard and maybe I should get a, a black Mercedes or Lexus and, you know, maybe I should like pretend to keep up with my neighborhood. We live in a culture that we, there's so much pretension about who we are to our neighbors. And I think we need to be sensitive to that. You know, I need to, when I, when I clunk, just clunk down the street in my 1988 pickup truck that Nate really enjoys, you know, and right now the power steering fluid is leaking and it has this horrible sound when I turn the wheel, so I try to just go straight. That gets interesting. <laughs> I'm wondering, is it, is, it out, is it as loud outside the cab? as it, I don't know. But, you know, I don't need to be, pretend. I mean, that's my work truck. I need to get it fixed. I'm slow to get stuff fixed. I don't need to pretend like... You know, I, I, that's just who I am. 
And my neighbors need to know that. As far as in the, in the body, I mean, what, what Paul is saying is, you know, if we pretend with each other, then we pretend with ourselves. And so I just thought about some of the ways. I mean, I'm tempted. You know, at times, people ask me questions, and I know they think that I'm supposed to know the answer. And I'm tempted when that happens to pretend like I know the answer. And I've been around enough, I can blow smoke in your face. Then I can go home and go, oh man, I was just pretentious. I really just should have said, I don't have a clue. I don't know. Or I'm, I'm wrestling with that. Or I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know, we, we can spiritually be pretentious. We can pretend that we're in a better place than what we really are in. Uh, we can pretend that we know more about our faith than what we really know. I think in some ways we have to be really careful in the realm of spiritual experience. Sometimes we exaggerate our spiritual experience. And so we, we uh, get this, this temptation to, to add things to what maybe is not really happening because it's supposed to sound better than it does. That's, those are the, that's what Paul's talking about. In this new way of life, no more pretension. So emotionally, we, we're pretentious. It happened today. Some of us walked in today, and uh, somebody asked you, how are you? And you said, I'm fine. Fine. Just fine. We, we do that game a lot. You know, we, we think, well, you're not really interested. And that's part of our pretension, too. Don't ask that question if you're not interested. If you really don't want somebody to answer, how are you, and you, you don't ask the question. Don't be pretentious. Don't pretend like you're really interested. And then when somebody, you know, you, well, what's wrong with saying, you know, this was a fantastic week. What's wrong with saying that? I mean, why do we sometimes minimize that, man, I'm really happy now. Things are going well. And then, when they're not, why do we pretend like they're better than they are? Because what Paul is saying is, you know, if, if we can't tell each other the truth, if we pretend with each other emotionally, then we're actually telling ourselves a lie. So we're pretending with ourselves. And man, I'm the master at that. I mean, yeah, I was raised by people that learned how to live in denial. So I can easily, you know, if you'll join me in my pretension, then I just will pretend that I'm really doing a lot better than what I am emotionally. That's what Paul's talking about. In this way of life, we get to tell each other the truth. We get to be who we are authentically with our neighbors. We get to be exactly who we are together because we're, we're one body. And so when we're honest with each other about our joys and our sorrows and we share that, we're genuinely interested with each other, then my friends, we're being honest with ourselves. And this, there's this new way of life in living and telling the truth. It also, that kind of flows over into anger. You know, Paul says, be angry and yet do not sin. So he's separating out. There is a righteous indignation. There's a way to be angry, but do that constructively, and then there's destructive anger. He spends a lot more time on destructive anger. 
So anger that's destructive is anger that serves as fuel for revenge. So if you're angry with someone and you can't wait to get back, that's revenge. That can happen in nations. Our nation is very angry about what happened at 9-11 and we want revenge. We Blood for blood, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. And we're still we're a decade away from that. We're still angry about that. It's unresolved. That's what Paul's talking about. You don't, you don't want to be angry, and that becomes the reason why you make a choice to do something to the other person. It's resident anger. It's anger that you just live with. It's just there. It's in your gut, and you were always angry. Angry's at home, or it's unresolved. Don't, go to, don't, go to, don't let the sun set on your anger. That's an unresolved anger. And what, I mean, this is one of the most disturbing places in the Bible because he says, you know, if we, if we in our way of life allow destructive anger to be resident within us, if we're not dealing with our anger, then we, we give the devil, the slanderer, uh, we give him a place. Now, if you want, I mean, we could have a nice little conversation. Well, you, you, no, you know, I'm saved by the blood of the Lamb. And uh, surely I couldn't give opportunity to the devil. Well, here it is, my friend, says right here. That we can give opportunity to the one who would love to destroy our lives with anger. He would love for the followers of Jesus to just be angry people, condemning people, people that take up their rifles and their gun, they just go kill the heathen. It's happened in church history. I don't want to be part of that, <laughs> but the devil would love for us to be part of that. And so if we're, not going to, if we're not willing to deal with our anger, then we give the devil the opportunity, the place, to really use that anger for destruction. And Paul is saying, that's not the way, that's not our way of life. We're not angry people that use anger for destruction. We are people that can get angry constructively. Be angry, yet do not sin. It's impossible to live life and never get angry. When uh, couples occasionally come to, come to me and they're, you know, working on their relationship sometimes. So, well, we've never been angry with each other. I said, well, you know, I know you're telling me that as something that you're bragging about, but I'm telling you, that's not good. I mean, if you've never been mad at the person that you're married to, something's not working. You're not being honest with yourself. Now, if you're not resolving the anger, that's another problem. There was a season in our marriage with Susan and I that we had to go to the backyard quite a bit together. She didn't send me to the backyard. <laughs> and we were, we, were, we were mad. We were mad about circumstances in our life. Things were not going well with some of the things in our life. And we had different perspectives. And so she would sit in that chair and I'd sit in this chair. And for about an hour, we would exchange with a lot of anger. And then we'd come to the point and we'd say, okay, we're not going to resolve it today. Uh, we'll get back together. 
you know, next week. But we were, yeah, I don't know if you've ever had the freedom to be angry with the person that you really love and, and that not be destructive, but really something constructive because it moved us to a place of resolution. I mean, that's not unresolved anymore. Again, we, we need to be healthy, and part of being healthy is when, we, when, when we're angry, we need to be angry, but in a constructive way. That's the way of life that we're being invited to live. Then the last one is honest employment. You know, no more stealing. Get an honest job. And, and what Paul is telling us to do is when you have that job, it's important that you make ends meet for you and your family. But he adds something to it. We, we're not just to work for ourselves. Because I think that's the point of stealing. When you steal, you're taking. Who are you taking for? You're taking for yourself. There's a few times that you would steal for the sake of others. But most of the time when you're in a lifestyle of stealing, like the time I stole bubblegum when I was a kid, that was totally for me. I wasn't stealing bubblegum to give to my friend. That was totally me. I want that bubble gum. I don't have the two cents to pay for it. I'm not, I don't want to ask anybody, so I'm just going to steal it. And yes, I did get caught. And yes, I, did have, I had to go back and admit to the store owner that I stole the bubble gum. Yes, the other things I didn't get caught in, but that I did. But it's for me. And when we get an honest job and, and we are, we're doing our best to make ends meet for ourselves and for our family, but it's just about us, it's just me and my family, and I'm not thinking about anybody, really, I think that that's really within the same spirit of what Paul is saying. That's not the way we live anymore. Because we're not only working for ourselves, look at, look at what he's saying. We're working for the benefit of others who have need. So the way of life that Jesus has brought us into is a life where we work hard, we earn a living, we take care of our family, and we think of others that have need. Now, I don't know if that begins to stretch your imaginations, but it should. And it, and it, and it should, I, I think we should like, be aware that if you're going to follow Jesus, that Jesus has much more of a social conscience than we do. And I, I, it, this is one of the things that would really challenge us politically. Because we do have within our system a way that we take care of those that are not able to work. Most of us aren't happy with that system. There's parts of that system that should be taken care of, but the spirit of it is right because it's what Jesus would have us to do. So if, we're, if really we do have a Christian heritage, which I think we do as a nation, yeah, you're going to find something within the structure of our nation that takes care of those that don't work because it would be part of who Jesus is. So what about us? When, when I receive my paycheck and I'm depositing that paycheck in the bank, am I thinking, this is for my family and for others that are in need? 
I don't think I've ever done that. Have you ever done that? Wouldn't it be fun for us to do that? I mean, and again, there's total freedom. You get to decide. In following Jesus, you get to decide what percentage are you going to set aside for the benefit of those that can't work or those that are in need. You decide. Nobody, nobody's going to mandate that for you. But I think it just opens up this total big window for personal ministry. Who are the people in your life that need help? And would the Holy Spirit being, be, would he be saying to you today, you know, you're, you're working, you're working hard, you're taking care of your family, now I want you to also provide something for those people in your life that have need. That, that would just be a whole new thing for us, maybe. But I think it also is something for us as a community. I mean, I, there, are, there are all kinds of opportunities that come knocking on our community door. And most of the time, we don't have the funds available to help with much of that. doesn't mean that we would help everybody that knocks on our door, but I sure would like for us to have what it takes to help people around us in need when that opportunity comes. And so when you're thinking about what you contribute to our community fund, again, it's this... I'm, I'm contributing to our community fund, not just for me and my family to get what we need. I'm contributing to our community fund so that our family is taken care of, but also that we have abundance to give to others when they're in need. That's the way that we're to be thinking as we work, as we deposit checks, as we write checks, that this, we need to be thinking not just of ourselves or others. The old way of life takes. The new way of life gives. So this is what I'm wondering if we could do this. Now, I'm wondering, in the lying, pretending, destructive anger, stealing, taking with no giving... I'm wondering if, if each of us could identify one of those that you would like change in. If you want to do all three, that's fine. But, you know, that may be a longer process. But can you pick out one of those? Can you, can you identify one of those areas that we've talked about? There's an old way, there's a new way. You want the new way. You're tired of the old way. In lying pretension anger, stealing, taking without giving. Do you want to be different? Do you want to change? When, when you've identified one of those or two of those or all three of those, would you stand? When, when you know that you know that you, there's something up there that you, you want change in.
Okay, you have identified something in your life that you want to change. Again, let me repeat what I said last week because we want this to happen in our lives. Number one, you can't change you. All you did by standing up was you acknowledged, hey, there's something in my life I'd like to see changed. By standing up, you're not changing. You're just acknowledging this is an area of my life I want to change in. So great, we did it. We've identified it. That's it. Now, what do we do? What do we do about it? Well, first thing is we pay careful attention to Jesus. So I, want, I would like for you this week to go anywhere you want to, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Gospel of Jesus, Go, go look around in Jesus' life in the air, find a, an example of Jesus that touches lying, anger, stealing. And put your attention on Jesus. How did Jesus? I mean, he had these temptations. He was tempted to live in an old way. He's living in a new way. Well, how did Jesus handle that? So put, put your attention on Jesus. Start there. Start there. Then, as you focus on what Jesus does in handling that, invite the Holy Spirit to fashion new life within you from the inside out. We do have a part to play in inviting the Holy Spirit. And then as the Holy Spirit goes to work and, and you begin to sense, hey, there's something new arising within me, that, we need to embrace that, live it, and let go of the old, embrace the new. So I'm going to pray that that's the process that we would all participate in because we want to live a new way of life. All right? Okay, let's pray together. Jesus, thank you so much that we get to put our attention on you. And thank you as we focus on you, as we, we look back to how you live life, how you related, how you dealt with pretension, how you dealt with anger, how you dealt with giving rather than taking. Thank you that as we look at the way you live life, we want to live better. So I pray, Lord, that you would give success to every one of us, that we'd find a place in your story that touches us concerning this area of our life. And I pray as we pay careful attention to you that we would see how we could live life better and Holy Spirit, we want to invite you to fashion new life within us from the inside out. We know that you will accurately reproduce the character of Jesus within us. We will be people who tell the truth. We will be people who, who can be angry and yet not sin. We will be people who are, are those that, that give out of a, just a gratitude of all that that you have given to us. We want this new life, and we invite you, Holy Spirit, to fashion it within us. And I pray, O oh Lord, that there would be progress this week, that we, as we focus on Jesus, as we invite you, Holy Spirit, to fashion that character within us, I pray that something new would begin to rise to the surface and that you would empower us to let go of the old and embrace the new. Jesus, thank you for new life. May we live it out individually and as a community for your sake. Before I say amen, I want to invite anyone, if, if these are areas that you feel stuck in, that it just seems insurmountable 
that you would move beyond pretension, uh, that you would move beyond just the, you, you know, there may be resident anger within you, you just don't know what to do with that. Uh, you may feel like, man, I just, I'm a taker, I'm not a giver. I mean, those are ways that we can pray for each other and help each other. So if you want additional ministry before we go, uh, we can just meet over here and we can do that together and, and uh, pray for each other and encourage each other in that. If you want to do that, please stay. If not, God bless you. Thank you for our time together. Uh, may the life of Jesus really spring forth from the inside out. Amen. See you later. Thanks.